0: Okay, well, welcome to the first episode of Truthbox, Straight Talk by the Potomac. My name is Adam Crichton. I am an Australian journalist living here in Washington, D.C. And I'm sitting here with my friend Janine Eunice, who is a civil liberties attorney, and she also lives in Washington, D.C. We're great friends. And we decided recently that we should start a current affairs podcast where we chew the fat about what is happening day to day in the U.S. and the world. And so I'm going to get Janine now to talk a bit about how we met.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Adam. Um, so I remember uh, very vividly, actually, we had uh, planned a lunch with a mutual friend. We had no- obviously never met each other at that time. And we were both uh, anti lockdown uh, activists, I guess. We both really opposed lockdowns and other government uh, COVID restrictions. And uh, I, we were going to Teddy's, which was across the street from my office. And you were, I remember you got there first and I walked up um, and I think I had to wear a mask because they were still doing that uh, performance art where you have to wear a mask to the table and then you can take it off when you sit down. And I sort of (laughs) cursed or something as I sat down. This is so fucking stupid. And you immediately were like, oh my God, oh my God, I hate (laughs) the mask. This is the stupidest. And from then on, we were, uh, we were friends. (laughs) Exactly.
0: That was a great way to bond. And frankly, in Washington, it's. It's hard to find people who are going to agree with that viewpoint, right? As we both know, having lived here, we both moved here roughly the same time. That's right. I was first of April last year.
1: Yeah, and I moved first of May. So yeah, yeah. so neither of us knew that many people. Yeah. Still don't know that many people. (laughs) (laughs) No
0: one does. No, I know a few more now. But yeah, it's very hard in Washington uh, to find people who are critical of of COVID mania. I mean, it is...
1: Well, there's a a government worship, I think. It's sort of a bureaucratic... Well, one stat
0: that blew me away is 93% of people here voted Democrat.
1: Wow. In the 2020
0: election, which is just crazy by any political standard. (laughs) That's so crazy. Uh, Yeah. So that probably gives you some indication. But uh, yeah, look, it's... of course, COVID has given us so much to talk about. Yeah, uh, so we're going to focus on that a fair bit in the podcast. I imagine, but we will talk about other things too. And so, hopefully, uh,
1: COVID will go away one day. Yes, <laughs> one day soon. yes.
0: Well, it's. I think it's like day one thousand now of the emergency. Yeah. we well, no, we are almost a thousand <laughs> days of stopping <laughs> the spread.
1: Fourteen days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fourteen days is now a thousand. I'm thinking back to that March. Fifteen <laughs> days to stop the spread. How oh absurd so in hindsight! Ridiculous. Oh my god. Um. Anyways, well, we probably should speak about COVID first. Then, if we've started talking about it but specifically we're gonna talk about the vaccines it is i mean just the whole question Mm. of vaccines and the absurdity and the insanity around it the the religious fervor that surrounds the covid vaccines blows me away yeah i mean you know I you're vaccinated when you're a child i'm vaccinated when i was a child um i'm perfectly happy to take a vaccine that makes sense for me to take yeah and i do it voluntarily yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> I mean, the you know, all these uh, California, all that you see universities are now mandating them for students, which well. is absurd. I mean, the, the, we know the vaccines do not stop transmission or aren't very effective at stopping transmission. Oh. So there's no public health rationale.
0: Yeah. The cognitive dissonance is extraordinary like it is so clear that it does a terrible job of stopping transmission i mean it's just so obvious i mean in yeah. countries like australia yeah very well, vaccinated well how many parties have we Should been to yeah. together
1: where yeah. everybody got covid even yeah. though they were it's, vaccinated
0: it's it's really extraordinary how people who wanted it to be mandatory just yeah. refused to 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 change their mind about that yeah. policy they just yeah. refused they really doubled down yeah. when it was clearly a mistake in fact the you know there was a good paper came out i think last week by nine or 10 uh, top doctors saying that the risks of the vaccine for those 20-year-olds that you were just mentioning at university yeah. are far greater than the benefits of having the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, which is obvious.
1: Yeah, I I don't remember I don't know if you remember the story I told you as I was contacted by this uh, MSU student's family. He was 18. Uh, last year, he got the vaccine uh, as a requirement to go to MSU. He got a blood clot two months later. So they don't know if the vaccine caused it or not. It could have been, you know, a fluke. He'd been healthy before, no health problems at all. He got a waiver or an exemption for the spring semester, but then they were making him get it for the hmm. fall semester, which is just unconscionable. I mean, the blood clot, blood clots are a side effect of vaccination to force it on this 18-year-old kid yeah. who also had had COVID. He had also had COVID. Yeah, Like, it's... it's...
0: Also, I mean... Why would you not think that if you force a medical procedure or a vaccine or something on everyone, which is basically what happened in 2021, yeah. uh, one, that a, a tiny proportion will not have uh, serious complications? Yeah, That's just well, logically obvious. Yeah. Well, they're denying not- <laughs> So, I mean, because because they're going to be Because
1: they've elevated it to this religious, basically this religious but totem. Morally, you're not allowed to question. Yeah. You're not allowed to. Um, and you're not even allowed to say anything negative about it. I mean, all medical products, every single one has some negative side effects, has adverse effects. That's just a yeah, fact. Yeah, we well, you know what is really interesting exception.
0: just on that? Yeah. I was just recently talking to a senior former official in the health department here. And he said, and it was a really good point. He said, you know, all of those all of those ads on TV for drugs, you know, yeah. prescription drugs, yeah. the last half of the ad yeah. is always the side all the side effects yeah. because they have to say it, right? Yeah. But he said on vaccines that's not the case and
1: actually you can you can <laughs> get suspended on twitter for posting the side effects of the vaccines that are on the fda <laughs> <laughs> it blows me That's happened to people. It's it blows me It's crazy. Away.
0: The point I was trying to get at is yeah. the chilling effect yeah. on speech. Like you don't yeah. see the censorship, but it's just people not saying what they would otherwise have said.
1: Well, I actually, it's funny you say that because that was actually what prompted me to bring the first case so that Changizi versus HHS was a case I brought and it was the fir- sort of the first one to have this theory of suing the government uh, for the social media cens- censorship. And that, lost, right? and that It lost, or it but the, the Missouri case was sort of modeled after that. Uh, but, you know, it was much more it was much broader and, and uh, law, bigger lawsuit. And that was um, a Bill Clinton but, judge, I think, from memory. Yeah. <laughs> so the politics yeah, of the judge yeah, again. Exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly. But actually, the reason I sort of started to think about that lawsuit was I realized I wasn't saying things on Twitter because I was afraid of being suspended. And I was like, wait a second. I'm afraid to say things. I'm afraid to question the vaccines or I'm afraid to say anything negative about the vaccines or about masks because I don't want to get this suspended. Like, what the fuck? Sorry. Must have been, I, I still, thought this is America. I, still, I mean, I still
0: expect you to get uh, suspended at some point. Yeah. I think well, I got, the, locked. I got <laughs> locked
1: out once, but, but that was it. But, uh, but, you know, that really upset me. And then when I really thought about the fact that the government was behind this, and I knew the government was behind it, I was, this is not yeah. okay.
0: Amazing. And also, who cares if people say crazy stuff on Twitter? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, that was... Misinformation, disinformation. I know. Disinformation.
1: that's who Well, cares? they're also pretending as though this is something new, like misinformation, disinformation. They've just come up with these terms. People have always said untrue things. And the founders of this of country, you know, they understood that the cure for bad speech is good speech. The t- cure for truth is lies. Like, if you, if you kick someone off Twitter because they think the vaccine has a microchip... And they've said that too many times. What do they do? They often go to Getter or Gab, where they're just surrounded by a bunch of other people who also think the vaccine has a microchip. Yeah, Whereas if you're on Twitter, it. you're encountering challenges. People will say, no, actually, the vaccine doesn't have a microchip. You have no evidence of that. They can provide proof. So that was sort of the that was the, the philosophy underlying the First Amendment was that we debate things. We don't silence mm. people. Mm. And that's the best way to get to the truth.
0: I do think, though, the damn wall has broken on the vaccines or it's it's breaking. I think you can speak more publicly now about it and yeah. not be vilified and
1: censored. Yeah. I mean, for
0: instance, last week in The Australian, I read a column, uh, which you still haven't tweeted. Sorry.
1: <laughs> um, I, I, I know. It was, just, I, I it was basically
0: I just a rant. Uh, I was letting off steam and it was hooked to the most... That striking statement that Corinne Jean-Pierre said a couple of weeks ago. Which one? When she blamed Republicans for keeping schools shut. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Which is the most absurd. <laughs> the most absurd. I mean, it is crazy. I mean, I, like I know politicians will not kind of bend the truth, but, but they often just don't say the opposite of the Yeah, truth. the opposite. Uh, but she did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I thought, well, you know, why? And the reason why is because it's clearly now a disaster, Yeah, uh, the policy of closing schools, an absolute disaster. And so they're running away from it. Yeah. And the column, I said, well, I think now it's clear that closing schools was a mistake, and even yeah. the proponents of that policy, I think most of them would at least, for well, some of them will concede it was a yeah. mistake. But I think that's just the start. I think all of the, I think all the policies are going to be seen as a mistake yeah. in time, yeah. including yeah. the forced oh, yeah. vaccination, including closing businesses, so-called non-essential businesses, yeah. and you know, forcing people to stay home. Yeah. Uh, and the most interesting thing now, I think, around the world is the excess deaths yeah. in Western countries. That's, it's very interesting. Why? And I don't know. Some people say it's the vaccine. Some people say it's the lockdown. Some people say it's COVID. <laughs> yeah, some people say it's just, you know, it's long COVID. Yeah. And who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know. But it's really interesting and it's not getting that much attention.
1: <laughs> no, there was actually um, a good podcast with Freddie Sayers. Freddie Sayers but actually it's kind of infuriating, so I'm not going to recommend it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah no, i think is. i know of that one too um, um
1: yeah no it is i mean it's it seems clear that substances like substance abuse related deaths well su- that's mental well, true, health suicide here. yeah yeah and i United think that States, went up yeah. like 30 percent yeah in a year.
0: yeah and that's obviously linked to the lockdown of course obviously yeah. oh the other interesting thing is when yeah. it came out recently the u.s life expectancy had fallen a bit yeah yeah everyone was in a tizz about that yeah. but if you read the fine print I think about half of the of the reduction was was not because of COVID. It was because of overdosing.
1: Right, right. Young people, yeah.
0: because obviously, when a young person dies at forty, that's going to have a much bigger effect on life expectancy than oh no. you know than an eighty five yeah. year old dying of COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um. So very very interesting. Yeah. So I think I think the point is that once the current generation of decision makers have moved on there's going to be a very different view yeah. of, of the policies over I the last agree. two years. Yeah.
1: Although I think there's going to be a lot of revisionism. I don't think anybody's going to come out and admit they were wrong. No, there's going not. to be a lot of, oh, we never wanted to close schools. Of course not. Of course or, not. But, but I'm
0: just struck in Australia, because I was one of the leaders of the debate very early on that was opposed to a lot of these measures. The proponents of the measures at the time, far more numerous than me, very aggressive, and you know always telling me that I'm you know trying to kill my grandmother, etc. Yeah. They've gone completely quiet about yeah. all of it. They, yeah they don't talk about it anymore yeah and i think they've seen the data yeah and they just want it
1: to go away yeah yeah <laughs> you know, because I it's mean, not it's looking a, good no it's hugely embarrassing I mean, and when you see that i mean it didn't do anything if i mean it, it just caused more deaths that's what blows know, me so, away yeah. because
0: you'd think from first principles that lockdowns would have done something yeah slowed it down okay. that you'd see an effect and then when you saw the effect then you would debate about whether it was worth it or not
1: yeah yeah but it just didn't seem to have any effect. No, I didn't think it would. So <laughs> I just... actually, did. I was an outlier in that I didn't think it would have an effect. I mean, I assumed it would change slightly who was getting infected. But if people are just staying home, they're all staying home together. You're, people still have to go to the grocery store. People but still also, have to make food. Like, it was only so... lockdown for laptop class, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. Like
0: all the people doing Amazon packaging, warehousing, they're all still going to work. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's, I mean, it's <laughs> so... like Martin Kulldorff and Jay Bhattacharya have, and Sinatra Gupta have pointed out the whole time. It just shifted the burden from the, exactly. you know. So, the working exactly. class bore the burden of this. So,
0: in this first episode, we thought that we'd talk about what Janine is working on right now. It's very topical, very big court case in America, uh, going to the heart of the Constitution, to the heart of free speech. And I'm a foreigner, obviously, so I don't know the ins and outs of the American legal system. And so, maybe some of the questions that I ask you, Janine, will be a bit stupid, but I think everyone will be enlightened after you talk about it. So let me say what I think this case is about. So two state governments, I think Louisiana and Missouri, are suing the federal government because they argue that the federal government, and more specifically, Dr. Fauci and other senior officials were putting a lot of pressure on Facebook and Google and Twitter and all the tech giants to censor speech or people that they don't like, that they didn't like. They disagreed with their views. Is that basically the
1: case? Uh, more or less, yeah. So actually, the uh, the one uh, sort of technicality: the state's attorneys general don't uh, represent the states; they don't have a unified executive. So they're elected separately. They don't like answer to the governor. So you wouldn't actually say it's the state suing. It's the state's attorneys general suing on behalf of their citizens. But that's very highly technical. Most people wouldn't know that. Um, but that's essentially it. So, you know, as most people are probably aware on social media, there's a lot of censorship going on, especially about COVID-related matters. If you have views on COVID or... Um, give information that's sort of not government approved, you might get suspended or locked out of your account or have your tweet labeled misleading. Um, And it turns out, you know, that the US government was behind a lot of the censorship. Mm.
0: And so how did uh, this, I mean, how did did this come about in the first place? Someone must have seen an email or seen some evidence somewhere. How did they see
1: that? Well, there was the... A lot of members of the Biden administration, especially the president himself, his press secretary at the time, Jennifer Psaki, um, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, uh, DHS secretary, secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, had made public statements, and they were basically saying that they were doing this. They said that, you know, we're uh, flagging posts for the social media companies. The social media companies are basically responsible for people's deaths if they don't get the vaccines because they're letting people spread informa- or sorry misinformation. Um, and so, you know, they said things like social media companies are killing people. We're going to hold them accountable. We're working with them. We're telling them what to to flag. So actually it turned out that what they said was true, (laughs) but, um, there wasn't direct evidence apart from those public statements of exactly what was going on until very recently. Okay.
0: And so I understand that recently, and it's now mid-September, uh, that a judge in this process essentially agreed to some extent with the two attorneys general and said that there needs to be this discovery process, right? Which which I understand is very bad for the government. Yes. And, and so why is it bad for the
1: government? Well, it's bad because it's allowing us so also to uh, sort of to uh, elaborate, I, uh, I, through NCLA, um, joined to represent private plaintiffs. So that's Jay Bhattacharya, Martin Kuldorf, who people may know because they wrote the Great Barrington Declaration, um, Aaron Cariotti, who was a professor uh, at UC Irvine, ironically of medical ethics, um, until he was fired for not getting the vaccine. <laughs> and then lots of ironies there. And then Jill Hines, who runs an organization called Health Freedom Louisiana. So um, attorneys general cannot represent individuals. They can only represent the citizens of their state sort of as a whole. So, um, NCLA agreed to come on and represent these people. So we joined the suit on behalf of these four plaintiffs. Uh, and there's one more private plaintiff, Jim Hoft, who's, mm-hmm. who owns the gateway pundit. He's being represented by someone else. So the judge basically, uh, you know, when you, um, we, so we asked for discovery. We basically asked that we have access to certain, uh, documents and, um, what's also known as interrogatory so that means we get to ask people questions and they have to answer um and the judge found that there was enough evidence in the record to establish the first amendment violations we were alleging to allow us to proceed and to get this stuff and so you know basically what we wanted was correspondence between the federal government and the tech companies to see exactly what they were saying to each other and the judge said yeah you can have that um which has been you know yeah.
0: And so what's the rough timeline now? When do they have to finish this process?
1: The it's, well, the, it's sort of complicated. We're at the preliminary injunction stage. So that's an emergency uh, motion for emergency relief, saying that uh, the, our clients are suf- suffering um, uh, irreparable harm, their constitutional rights are being violated, and so something has to be done immediately. We can't wait, this, wait for this to go through the whole court process. So it's pretty rare for a judge to grant um, discovery at the preliminary injunction phase. But this is just the beginning. So we could have more discovery in the future. But we the next thing is uh, the judge has ordered Dr. Fauci and uh, Jean Pierre, who's now the press secretary, the White House press press secretary and a number of officials from HHS to turn over uh, various documents. So we're sort of finalizing that and that should come out in about 10 days.
0: That's uh, exciting then, I imagine. Yeah, so yeah. You'll so you'll have to troll we'll, through all of those or you've got, yeah, you've got help? That's right. Trawl.
1: Well, we have a number of attorneys yeah. going through them. Um, but you want a lot of eyes on these things to make sure nothing gets missed. So the first round of discovery was about 15,000 documents. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> sorry, 15,000 pages. So, you know, and <laughs> a right. lot of these are detailed emails you want to read carefully to make sure you're not missing anything.
0: Uh, okay, well, that's all very exciting. Now, what about... What about the penalties? Okay, let's say that let's say you win. Let's say your team wins. What does that mean for the government?
1: Yeah, everybody wants to know that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not we're not suing for money damages. We're not asking for any money. So nobody's making a profit on this. Um, what we want is for the uh, for a court to recognize that this is a First Amendment violation to create you know good law and to say that you know the government the government cannot tell tech companies what to do. It can't be involved in social media censorship. Um, I think one of the interesting things that this case is going to bring up, um, so the law is, as people probably know, the First Amendment only applies to the government, right? Like, private entities Mm -hmm. don't have a duty to not censor speech, but the government can't censor speech. Now, what people have been saying all along is that the tech companies are doing the censorship, not the government. Um, But when the government is using private companies to do Mm -hmm. what it can't otherwise do— that's a First Amendment violation. So I think one of the big questions and one of the sort of defenses I think will be raised is that the tech companies want to do this. And if they want to work with the government to help accomplish mutual okay. aims, they both want to stop the spread mm. of misinformation, quote unquote, about COVID. They're all Democrats. They're all lefties. They have the same aims. They can do that. I think that's mm. the wrong way of looking at it from a First Amendment perspective. I don't think that that's a right, the right interpretation of the law. But um, even, But nevertheless, it's not... Also, the appropriate factual interpretation, because I think it has to be viewed against the backdrop of these threats of regulation or other legal consequences if the companies don't do what the government says. And and some of the emails also show a level of coercion. It, they show that the, the employees at tech companies felt as though they were under pressure.
0: What's some of the language? Is there a smoking gun email in your view that just makes it clear that it is pressure and it's not... A collaboration
1: it's a, that's a good question there so i think the best is actually alex berenson's uh, emails which did not come out through our lawsuit so alex berenson is a prominent COVID skeptic um he had been booted off twitter about a year ago in the summer of 2021 hmm. now he had received assurances from uh tech employees at twitter or twitter employees i should say that he had not violated the policies he wasn't in danger of getting kicked off and then very shortly after lost his account permanently he filed a lawsuit against twitter not the government and through discovery the court ordered discovery in that case too he got internal twitter communications from twitter employees between twitter employees and they were saying things like they had had a meeting with the white house the white house asked tough questions um about why alex berenson hadn't been kicked off twitter uh mercifully we had answers now this shows that you know the use of the term mercifully shows mm. that they felt as though they were under pressure um, and then there are other ones also from our discovery. So there's one from um, uh, I can't say his name, but uh, a Facebook Meta employee to uh, Surgeon General Murthy, and Murthy says it's ex- actually text exchange, it's not emails. Murthy says, "Hey, how's it going? Whenever you have," <laughs> and the the high up executive at Facebook says. Um, well, you know, not so great. <laughs> we're feeling a little aggrieved over here because it's not so great to be accused of killing people, but we're going to try to de-escalate, basically, yeah. you know, like it was clearly trying to say, I remember yeah, that, the killing people. Thing. Yeah. But, was that Biden or Saki? That was that, okay? Biden. I think it was Biden. Yeah. Crazy. Stuff. It's, it's crazy. And yeah.
0: Um, you mentioned the, the Berenson case. So my recollection of that is that he actually lost a bit about free speech there was a free speech component a first amendment component and he lost that thing that's he won right some internal emails or some internal contradiction of twitter's policy
1: he yeah it was so basically that contract
0: that he lost the free speech no
1: that doesn't worry me but it's a really good question <laughs> um because i think it was similar to a lawsuit i had brought earlier where the judge basically said you don't have enough evidence that your plaintiffs were censored because of the government um the the, the tech companies may very well have done this on their own um the in, I think that these judges were just prematurely dismissing it, frankly, for political reasons. I think that they, they just didn't, you know, they saw this as like a right-wing cause. Um, so, and I think now that we have the evidence we have, they look kind of, they. it's clear they were wrong. Um, well,
0: speaking of the judge, um, something that's that I notice about the US having been here for every year is that people often talk about the politics of the judge, where that yeah. never happened in Australia, because they're yeah. not they're not appointed by the government. Well, they
1: are, but it's not a political process.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so this judge which is found who's found in your favor who who appointed him? Or
1: her? I believe he's a Trump appointee. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and he's, you know, he had struck down the uh healthcare workers federal healthcare workers vaccine mandate uh which the okay. Supreme Court later yes, reinstated but okay, um yeah, he And so he's
0: He's going to be on the case the whole way through, that judge. Um,
1: yeah, well, it can be appealed. Okay. So, And it would be appealed to the Fifth Circuit. It, that's where it is, which is... Um, yeah. Oh, you mm-hmm.
0: mentioned the Fifth Circuit. I yeah. think I read something this week where the Fifth Circuit made a judgment about free speech or something. Yeah. Uh, what's What's all of about? It's
1: actually... I wouldn't say it directly bears on this case, but it's certainly a win for this kind of thing. So th- that there, Texas had enacted a statute or a law saying um, that tech companies cannot to censor people based on their viewpoints so basically I think what you and I would want to see happen where they can't do that and the tech companies alleged a uh that that violated their first Amendment right to sort of curate their platforms to mm-hmm. uh give the kind of message they wanted a lower court had agreed um but the the Fifth Circuit which is the appellate court in that jurisdiction said um no like censoring speech is not speech like you're trying to argue this is a First Amendment violation of, of the platform's right to speak, but censoring is not speaking like that's not and they don't curate, you know, they don't. It's ridiculous to think that Twitter is sending a specific message based on everything. So it's just they didn't buy that argument. So that was that was a very good win for those of us who I think want to see these companies considered some sort of public square. uh, So they can't Sensor.
0: Yeah, there's. I mean, just just to, to broaden the conversation slightly, uh, I think the government here announced recently that they want to reform Section 230 of the Communications Act or something, and that's yeah. what gives the tech platforms this kind of bizarre um, benefit of saying that they're publishers when they want to be, and then they say that they're not publishers when they don't want to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you have any view on that Section 230 thing?
1: Not really. Yeah, okay, right. okay, we're okay. not going to talk about that. Whenever I okay. try to read it, it's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, back. To, don't put that. Well, <laughs>
0: Well, something, something else I saw this week, which is definitely related. I I saw some clips yesterday of Senator Josh Hawley uh, talking to Facebook
1: executives. Yeah. And
0: that was definitely about this stuff. He yeah. was saying to this, I think it was Chris someone from yeah, Facebook. Yeah, Chris Cox. Yeah, he was saying, look.
1: He we- mentioned this case at the oh, end. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, the end of the clip. And I didn't see the end of the clip, so I don't know oh, what Chris yeah, Cox yeah. said, but I assume he said, oh, no, we didn't do that, or that's... Well, or just as you suggested earlier, it's a collaboration with the government.
1: You should definitely watch it to the end because like, the last minute is so good. Holly's like, so you're saying this. You're saying that you're working with the government and you're doing what the government wants and you're censoring people because the government wants it. And when Chris Cox is like, yeah, yeah, we think that the what the government is doing is that this is what we want to do. And Holly was like, okay, well, my view of the First Amendment is that Private, co- private companies that act on the government's behalf are essentially government actors and are therefore guilty of First Amendment violations. And you just confessed to that. So uh, you should probably go that's, talk to your great. lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's quite funny. That is quite it was, funny. It was I the mean, last minute was the best. That <laughs> is quite funny. Um,
0: and so what, so was that, that's a particular committee in the Senate that looks I at these so. things in a routine way? I yeah,
1: think. I think so. Um, I mean, and I think, you know, I'm sure you uh, have your own interesting view on this subject, but I think what is so disturbing about this is that, and I I think that this case sort of um, exemplifies, like, why we have a First Amendment. You know, this is so... crazy that you have our, I mean, our plaintiffs, two of our plaintiffs are top epidemiologists who were censored in their field of expertise, you know, for saying things about their field of expertise. Martin Kulldorff is one of the top vaccine safety specialists in the world. And he's being censored on Twitter for saying things about vaccine safety. That is crazy. And, you know, maybe it's harder for people to understand why you're not censoring talk about the microchips. Um, But what this illustrates is that the, you can't really draw the line and yeah, once you start so. the censorship, it and also, doesn't stop. It's,
0: it's so completely arbitrary with yeah. vaccines. I oh, mean there's yeah. so many other things people do that are very unhealthy, dangerous. Yeah, but the government doesn't care about that. Yeah. It's no, just I know. this particular issue. I
1: know. And
0: I don't know, do we really think that people saying crazy stuff on the internet kills people? I don't know. I mean, well, you can't prove it.
1: I mean, also, the um, idea of indir- words indirectly killing someone. I mean, we recognize, and I don't know, I'd actually be interested in what Australia's law is like, we recognize this very sort of narrow exception for direct calls to violence. You know, if you say, uh, if you put on Twitter, yeah, go kill, go kill yeah, yeah, go kill so-and-so. Um, okay, that you can't do. Or yelling cr- fire in a crowded theater. Yeah, Twitter but it's traditional like stuff it.
0: that's been around for very exactly. long Exactly.
1: And that's because that, that is so directly linked. Whereas, okay, saying like indirectly, this could cause somebody to not get the vaccine and It's crazy. And, it's but, clearly know,
0: just the thrill of exercising power. Exactly. That's what it is, definitely. Yeah. And also just the hatred of any dissent. I yeah. On something that they've really, really stuck their nose out on, which exactly. they have, right? The government exactly. really stuck its nose out on vaccines.
1: Exactly, exactly. And now yeah. they're now they're embarrassed well, they're because agreeing. they were wrong about everything. They're definitely
0: regretting. <laughs> I mean, it's just so like spectacular last two years. How you I know can be so consistently wrong, wrong about <laughs> everything. I, know. I mean, no what are they angry. No what are they're sensitive. I, I completely know. understand. I,
1: know. I mean, the <laughs> irony that I these people are, deci- yeah. are the arbiters of the truth and yeah. deciding yeah. <laughs> who gets to talk is just. Beyond. No, it's been a comedy, really. I mean,
0: it's a it's a tragic
1: one. But, I, yeah. Anyway. Well, let's hope does, you win that case. Thank you. <laughs> does, uh, does Australia have a First Amendment?
0: No. So we don't really have... Well, we have a constitution, which modeled off yours, actually. But it's very simple, and there's no Bill of Rights. So oh, okay. it basically means...
1: So the government Like those countries, the government can
0: do whatever it wants, as long as it's within no. the law.
1: So right. the government could write a law saying if you say anything negative about the vaccines, yeah, you... Yeah,
0: that'd, that'd be totally fine. Oh, really? That'd wow. That'd be
1: totally,
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> so actually, I mean, you, you probably saw the famous case in Victoria and the first lockdown craziness of 2020 when the police went inside a woman's home... Oh, yeah. ...and arrested she, her oh, she because had she posted something... on Facebook something anti-lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. That was yeah. enough to get the police yeah. in your house. Yeah, wow. So that would never happen here. No. I mean, no, that, that would ne- not happen. That would never happen here. But... <laughs> I mean, funnily, Victoria, the state that that happened in, actually had a Bill of Rights, oh. but but there was a cop-out in it.
1: Like, oh. and it was just
0: a law. It was not a constitution, just a law. Oh, well, anyway, but of course, at the end of the Bill of Rights, it says, if there's an emergency, this doesn't apply. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, so it's completely pointless, because the government said, oh, it's an emergency. So, therefore, it didn't apply. Yeah. But and it was it was a real lesson, I think, to Australians, and, and in fact, to Canadians, and yeah. to British, because it's all the same, that they don't have any rights. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, what struck me when I arrived here is that it's much harder for governments here to get away with stuff like that. I mean, they can and do, and they try, and sometimes they do get away with it. Yeah. But there'll be a lot of lawsuits, and some of them will win.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: I mean, even in places like California and New York, they could not have done half of what happened back in my country. Yeah, yeah. Um, very interesting.
1: Yeah, that's why I was saying, I mean, I, in the words I never thought I'd utter, but like, thank God for the Republicans. Yeah, yes, <laughs> like,
0: I know. Well, I mean, you know, I don't vote here. Oh but, my God. Uh,
1: we have to talk about the, Repo- the Martha's Vineyard thing.
0: Oh my God, we do. Okay. Well... <laughs> It's brilliant politics, isn't it? Such <laughs> yeah. brilliant politics. I mean, well, what's
1: your take on it? Actually, I'm curious. Well, I
0: just think it's fantastic politics. I mean, sure, it's a political stunt, yeah, but it's a political stunt with a very powerful point, yeah. And and it it does. I mean, it achieves two things. It it does actually relieve some of the burden from these states because they're actually you know, foisting the cost of looking after these people on these other places, yeah. So that's that's one thing, but it also just draws attention to to the hypocrisy yeah. of these so called sanctuary yeah. cities, yeah. which I'd never heard that term actually. Oh uh, really? No, because there's no such thing in Australia yeah. as a sanctuary city, but apparently, and I don't know, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. This is something that some cities came up with during Trump yeah. to kind of yeah. express how wonderful they were and yeah. caring yeah. to contrast themselves with Trump. Yeah. Um. So no, it was uh, You know, I mean, it was Greg Abbott's idea, the governor of Texas. I assume his idea or one of his advisors. And it was such a good idea that now Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, is trying to get on the action too. Uh, so, so he actually chartered a plane and flew and flew these people to Martha's Vineyard. It's, it was what what do you
1: think of the people who say it's inhumane to use people as? No, well, like I don't that. because they
0: wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean that they they wanted to go. Yeah. So you know that's kind of denying their they wanted their free to go water. to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Well, oh. I, I think okay. on that particular case, yeah. Uh, they were told they're going to Boston.
1: Yeah, which is not. No, uh, it's not far. It's not that no, far. No, no, no. It's really easy. Um, So maybe that was a bit wrong. But yeah. certainly
0: in the case of the eight or 10,000 that have been bussed from Texas to Washington, Chicago and New York, they were all told exactly where they were going. Yeah. And they were excited. They yeah. couldn't wait. You know? Yeah. And of course, why not? Because that's where all jobs and wealth are. Yeah. So of course they'd go.
1: I know. I think I mean, it's ironic that it's like the left people who are claiming this is so awful to use these people as pawns. And it's like, you're actually depriving them of their well, it's agency. It's free will. Exactly. They, they want to they go. And what, do you think they're better off in immigration detention? I've no. been to an immigration f- detention no, it's, facility. It's, it's not very nice. That's there. why it's,
0: it's, it's just so beautiful in terms yeah. of politics. I
1: know. Because
0: I, they want to go. I thought it was funny CNN journalists, you know, going around trying to find someone who... <laughs> Who didn't want to go to New York? Yeah. Couldn't find anyone. Everyone's like, "Oh, so happy to be here!" And they're like, "Oh God, so annoying." <laughs> anyway, just, isn't someone you know someone angry? But uh, yeah, look, it's great politics, and yeah. well, God, we're getting into midterms now. But um,
1: oh God, the yeah, Republicans
0: want to talk about that, and, yeah. they, and they don't want to talk about Trump, and they don't yeah. want to talk about abortion. Oh my God, we can, we can do that on, <laughs> on, on some other episode, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, fifty days away. You know, my concern on midterms, and I know we've discussed this, is that Democrats won't be sent the message they need to be sent Yeah. over that's, COVID restrictions. That's,
1: and that's at the exactly moment. It's not like looking
0: you're... it's not looking great for Republicans at the moment.
1: Yeah, although the polls lie because people don't like to, to admit they're voting Republican because it's yeah. considered more dirty.
0: Yeah, I just yeah that's true. I just wrote a I just wrote a big piece in the Australian on this weekend about the midterms and spoke to some pollsters and things and. Yeah, the, 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 a lot of people say the polls are very unreliable.
1: Yeah. And I mean the polls even, were showing Trump law. Yeah, that's, that's why right. everyone and, was so shocked.
0: And even Democrat pollsters are not are not convinced that they're gonna keep the Senate. So, yeah. Yeah. Because there's, there's the shy, you know, the shy Trump effect or whatever you call it here. Yeah. No, and this, and a, yeah. Where people won't admit that they're actually gonna
1: Exactly. Vote I mean I I don't think I would admit. Even though I'm. Well, it certainly Well, <laughs> you I have say now. it all over you Twitter all the time. Have now, like 100,000 people <laughs> every day. You tell yeah. It, you tell but it. I don't know if I'd say it to a pollster, like knowing, you know, that, that I'd probably be judged yeah. for it. I've never been polled. And also, the size well, sizes. They wouldn't ask you because they know you can't vote. Well, that's true. That's true.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's interesting. Well, what else has happened this week uh, that we should talk about? Well, last week. The Queen night. died. Ah, yes, the Queen. queen.
1: How do my you feel queen. about... The queen? Wait, she's the queen of Australia? She's the queen of Australia. Oh my God, yeah. how did I not know this?
0: Yeah, a lot of Americans did don't know
1: this. Did you
0: know this? A lot of Americans don't know that. But then again, is Americans it, are she, famous for she, not knowing things about other countries. Is, is the she country, also so. like
1: New Zealand? And
0: yeah, she's queen of New Zealand. Really? She's queen of Canada. Really? You must have known she's queen oh, of Canada. Oh,
1: Canada, yes, I did. Yeah. I learned that because yeah. when Meghan Markle and... Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, no, I think she's queen of like 15 countries. Uh, but the others are all tiny little islands. Or maybe not 15, but a lot. Well, yeah, what shocked me... And I think she died. What is today? Today is Saturday. She I think died it was last nine, She died nine, yeah, yeah. So nine days ago. Um, was just how much was. coverage there was in the US. Yeah. I mean, of course, I'd expect it in Australia and Britain, obviously. Yeah. But here, it was pretty much wall-to-wall queen for five days. Wow. All the cable networks. I know. And I did have to laugh last Wednesday when Joe Biden was giving a speech at the Detroit auto show. It was a big speech of electric cars. <laughs> And CNN showed him for 30 seconds, and then straight back to the Queen. (laughs) Like, yeah, it was like, that was boring. You know, our president, but boring. So we're going to go and film people in a queue. Yeah. You know, who are queuing for 22 hours. Actually, by the way.
1: That's insane. God,
0: I shouldn't say this, but yeah, I would never queue for 22 hours to... to to pay my respects.
1: I would terrible do for thing two to hours. Well, I wouldn't do it for 22 minutes.
0: I mean, I, I love the I mean, the Queen's a wonderful woman. Had an amazing life. But to queue up for 22 hours? No,
1: you can do that. You can pay your respects from I mean, your bedroom. I mean,
0: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so what did, yeah. Why are Americans fascinated by the Queen? I
1: don't know. I because think Clearly the networks
0: don't... think they are. Otherwise it wouldn't show it. No, at all.
1: I had two interviews canceled this week because they were like, actually, never no, mind. They want to cover the Queen and in inflation. <laughs>
0: The queen and inflation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's because we don't have royalty, which I also think is why we make our uh, presidents and other politicians sort of into these celebrity figures rather than people doing their jobs. One of the
0: strengths of the British system and of the Australian system, I think, is that you don't have a politician in that very top job. Yeah, yeah. I think the problem, especially in the US, it's become so polarized, so vicious, and so partisan. Yeah. Much more than it was 50 years ago or 60 yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah, for that sure. That people can no longer see the president as this unifying figure. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. It's, it's always going to be an object of hate for like a third of the population. Yeah. Which is really sad. Yeah. Whereas you have someone like the Queen, you know, no one knows her political views. She's not allowed to talk about politics. You can genuinely have the whole country loving her. Yeah. Most of it. Yeah. Um, so, I think that's a strength of the British Australian system. Yeah. Uh, that you don't have a politician in that very top job. Um, yeah, it's got weaknesses too, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that is a wrap. Unfortunately, it was a wonderful chat, as I expected, Janine. It was. Uh, and we will be doing this again, I think, every two weeks. And we will be having guests. And I can assure you, we have some very interesting guests lined up already. Uh, They'll be from all fields. It doesn't have to be about COVID or vaccines. It'll be current affairs related. And the standard format we're hoping will be the two of us and somewhat interesting as well. So until then, bye-bye.
1: Bye.